pretty bad when you get tongue-tied, Steve. I was about to tell you to lead us in our closing prayer. If you would, open your Bibles to the book of Revelation, chapter 20, and we'll be looking at verse 15, Revelation 20, verse 15. I believe the greatest victory that Satan has achieved, especially in today's society, is to have people doubt the Word of God. Another victory that he has is he has people doubt that he even exists. But when you look at people doubting, disbelieving, especially when it comes to the Word of God, this is not a new phenomenon. It's been going on for a very long time. All we have to do is look back at the Garden of Eden. How was it that Satan tempted Eve in the Garden? He had her doubt the Word of God. We see that when he says, yea, hath God said. Having her doubt the word. But, you know, people doubt the word of God, and it's not only happening in society, it's also happening in the church. You have churches that are doubting the word of God. And today I want to look at one thing that some Christians and some churches are doubting. And what that is, is the biblical view of divine punishment for sin. Again, open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 20, looking at verse 15. It's written, And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship. Just thank you, Lord, and just praise you for just... This day that you have provided us, a, a, just a beautiful day, Lord, that we could just come and just worship together and fellowship. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us today as we worship, that you would just give me the words to say and hide me behind the cross and let the words that are spoken be your words. And Lord, again, we just lift up those that are traveling, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones, you know, each name and each need. And Lord, we just ask you just to be with each one, Lord, and just overshadow them with your love and watch care and just touch them in a mighty way. And again, Lord, I just pray that, again, that you would be with us today, Lord, that you would be with me, that you would just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone that needs to make any decision, pray that you would just speak to their hearts today. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> You know, again, Satan has cast doubt on the Word of God since the Garden of Eden. 
Now, why does he do this? Why would Satan attack God's word or what God says? God's written word. Because if people doubt the word of God, why would they believe anything that it says about sin, punishment, and salvation? Why would they believe it? I mean, what's one of the things that we see him attacking today? The Garden of Eden and what it says about the Garden of Eden. You see, if he has people not believe that Adam and Eve existed, what happens? They don't believe in original sin. They don't believe in the imputation of sin. They don't believe that humanity is sinful. And if you do not have a sinful humanity, you do not need salvation. There would be no reason for salvation. If you doubt sin, you doubt Salvation from sin. But that also would lead them to doubt what the Bible says about the punishment for sin. The wage of sin. And what is the wage of sin? The Bible tells us that the wage of sin is death. Spiritual death, physical death. It would make people doubt the existence of hell. Because if there's no hell, if there's no sin, there's no need to be saved. This is why Satan attacks the word of God. This is why Satan makes people doubt the word of God. I mean, again, think about what Satan tells Eve in the garden. The first thing he does is say, Yea, hath God said, making her doubt. But then, if you look down in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 4, what does he say? You shall not die at all. Making her doubt. But when he tells her, ye shall not die at all, he's making her doubt the punishment of sin. He makes her doubt the word, then he makes her doubt the punishment. That's ascribed by God's word. I mean, think about it. All he's telling her is, if you, if you really think about it, he's just saying, go ahead and do that. God's not going to do anything to you. God didn't mean what he said. He won't do anything. And that's what Satan does all the time. That's how he attacks the word. He makes people 
doubt it. Satan leads people to doubt the concept of sin and the punishment for sin. And as a result, people do not believe in sin and they think they can go and do what they wish without any repercussions. Spiritual repercussions. But this is not only happening outside the church, it's happening in the church. I mean, just look at many of the churches today and what they accept. You have churches supporting fornication, premarital sex, pornography. You have churches accepting abortion, homosexuality, just all these different things today. And it started with them doubting the word of God and what it said. I mean, take, for instance, abortion and homosexuality. We'll just mention those because they're big in society today. God's word clearly defines these things as sinful. Because abortion is murder. And the Ten Commandments said, Thou shalt not kill or murder. So it's murder, it's sinful, it's premeditated. Because they planned this out. And then homosexuality. Leviticus 18.22. It calls homosexuality an abomination. Thus it's sinful because it goes against God's created order. So murder and homosexuality are both punished in the Bible. And we see the punishment ascribed in the Bible. You can see it back in Genesis 4, 11 through 12 when Cain murdered his brother Abel. What did God do to Cain? God punished that murder. He punished it. The sin of homosexuality. Genesis 19, God punished that sin by destroying the cities of the plain, Sodom and Gomorrah. He destroyed those cities. Yet, instead of accepting what the Bible says about sin and the punishment for sin, people doubt it because Satan leads them to doubt it and what does doubt do doubt of sin or doubt of the word leads to a doubt of sin which leads to a doubt of the punishment for sin Now, that being said, does that mean that people are innocent when they doubt the word of God? Can they sit there and say, like Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it? No. And we see that in 
in the case of Adam and Eve. Because what did they do? They blamed the serpent. But God said they were just as guilty. So even though Satan causes people to doubt and he leads people to doubt the word of God, we're still guilty of that when we doubt. Why? Because we can take what the Bible says on faith. We can believe it on faith. Because faith give sight to the things we don't see. When we look at the Bible through the eyes of faith, we're going to see things the way God sees them. So when we doubt, we're guilty of doubting. Because God has given us his word and we're to follow his word based on faith. Again, the greatest victory that Satan achieved was to get people to doubt the word of God. People don't believe it. Especially in some of the churches today. They don't believe the word. They don't believe the sin. Thus, they don't believe in the punishment of sin. Hell. Now, I'm going to be blunt for one second. And I'm going to try not to chase a rabbit here. I want you to think about something. If you don't believe the word of God, Think about this. If you don't believe the word of God, you don't believe God. It's that simple. If you say the things that God calls sin is not sin, if you say these things are not sinful, you're saying God is wrong in declaring those things sinful. And then if you say God does not punish sin, you're calling God a liar. Think about that. And you might be thinking, well, how would that be calling God a liar if we say he won't punish sin? Because God, in Exodus 34, 7, says he will punish sin. Exodus 34, 7, he says, I will by no means clear the guilty. Meaning he's going to punish sin. Because People are guilty of sin. The Bible is clear on what that punishment entails. In Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin is death. Physical death and spiritual death. And we are still under the punishment of physical death. One day we're all going to die if the Lord tarries. But it is the punishment of spiritual death that can be changed. But we're under that punishment if we do not know Christ. 
And what does spiritual death lead to? It leads to hell. Now, what is hell? Have you ever really thought about just heaven and hell? What is hell? Hell is a place of punishment. God created hell to punish Satan and his angels. But we also see it is a place that he uses to punish the unrighteous dead. We see this in the Old Testament. The unrighteous dead would go to hell. But we also see it in the New Testament. Except in the New Testament, the unrighteous dead that go to hell also entail the people that died without Jesus Christ, without receiving Christ as their Lord and Savior. So the Bible says that it is also a place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's a place of sadness. Weeping and gnashing of teeth, Matthew 8, 12. In the book of Mark, chapter 9, verse 48, it says it's a place of unquenchable fire. Think about that, an eternal flame. Unquenchable fire. In hell. In Matthew 8, 12, and then we also see it again in 22, 13, and then in Matthew 25, 30, it says that it's a place of utter darkness. Darkness. The light of God does not shine there. It's a place of darkness. Jude 13, Jude calls it the blackness of darkness. The people that are in hell will not even see the flame that burns them, they will see nothing. You know, in society today, there's a lot of people in society today that think that. They're going to be partying in hell. They won't even see the flame that burns them. They will see nothing. All they're going to hear is weeping and see nothing. Why? Because in 2 Thessalonians 1.9 it says it is a place of everlasting perdition. Everlasting perdition. It also, in this same verse, says it's a place of separation from God. They're separated from the mercy, the love, and the grace of God for all eternity. And then in Revelation 14.10, we see that it is a place where God's wrath is poured out. What gives hell its fire? It's the wrath of God being poured out without mixture. In Luke 16, 23-31, where Christ gives us the, the parable of the rich man and Lazarus, we see d- different things about hell in that verse, or in that passage of Scripture. It says it's a place of eternal burning flame, a place where the soul has its memories, where the soul has its wants, where the soul is tormented, where the lost cry out for mercy, but mercy is not forthcoming. It's a place of hopelessness and a place where one cannot accept, where one cannot escape. 
Hell is a place of torment, punishment for sin. And that's why Satan wants us to doubt it. Because if we doubt that that place exists, especially the church, why would we go out and witness? What would move us to go out and tell people, receive Christ as your Lord and Savior so you will not go there? That's why Satan wants us to doubt it. But the Bible is clear that sin exists and so does the punishment of sin. It's clear on that. The Word of God tells us about it. And it says in Revelation 14, 11, again, hell is a place of eternal torment. Eternal torment. Forever only beginning. That's what eternity is. Because these people could be there for millions of years and it's like they just were placed in there. They have a million years down and they have eternity to go. Satan cast doubt on hell. Because if there is no sin, if there is no punishment for sin, if there is no hell, there's no need for salvation. Likewise, as we see in today's society, he also cast doubt on that people will send anyone there. Haven't you ever heard that? God won't send anyone to hell. That's what people say. But you know, I've always wondered how someone could believe in heaven and not believe in hell. And they'll sit there and say, God won't send anyone to hell. Yet the Bible is clear. God will punish sin. He will not clear the guilty. And without Christ in our life, without the blood of Jesus Christ covering our sins, that's what we are in the eyes of God, guilty. Guilty of sin. And, as I've mentioned before, as John 3.18 says, condemned already. Condemned already. People are already condemned to hell without Jesus Christ in their life. Because when we look at the concept of salvation, what is salvation? When, when, people, when you tell people they need to be saved, what do they need to be saved from? Think about that. When the Bible talks about salvation, what is it salvation from? Christians should know this. It's salvation from hell. It's salvation from the wage of sin. 
When Paul talks about salvation, when Christ talks about salvation, when the Bible talks about salvation, it is salvation from hell. That's why we need to be saved. That's why God sent His Son. It's to save us from that fate. Salvation is not only salvation from sin and the bondage of sin, it is salvation from the wage of sin, which is spiritual death. Doubting the word of God, doubting the punishment of sin, is nothing more than doubting God and rejection of Jesus Christ. That's all it is. Cast away doubt. Cast away doubt. And believe the word. That's what we must do. We must cast away doubt and believe what the word says. Sin exists. We see it everywhere. And the punishment of sin exists. And that is why we need to be out telling people about Jesus Christ before it's too late. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, just thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from your word. And Lord, again, I just pray that if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, if there's anyone here that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen.